Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right. In this episode of the Garlic Marketing Show, I've got Dan Coughlin from Get Hyped Media, influencer marketing specialist. Dan, say hi. Hey guys, <laughs> uh, and we you're going to learn a ton about influencer marketing. Dan comes from an engineering background, and so he comes from it methodically. But his wife was also an influencer. They've already gotten a hundred million impressions, ten million engagements, not just a hundred thousand, which he originally said. Um, <laughs> the, you know, asking the question: Should you go with a giant agency? What are the dangers of influencer marketing? The right question you should be asking about influencer marketing. How to get five times the results using influencer we're going to talk about uh thinking about repurposing the content how to get the best content creation platform for your influencers how to judge the best influencer for you the two goals of going with influencer marketing questions you should ask plus at the end if you stay all the way to the end he's going to tell us exactly how to reach out to influencers the right influencer yourself all this on the Garlic Marketing Show. Don't forget this is brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. If you want to learn how to use video case stories to close more business, go to VideoCaseStory.com slash Big Fish. We've got all those ways that you can get the fish in the barrel using video case stories and get a 10x, 20x return on your investment. All right, let's get started. Before we get into that, we're going to talk about his success story with his consumer electronics brand and how to actually get in touch with influencers. Dan, Tell me about how you got into Get Hyped. How did you get started? Yeah, uh, good question. Yeah, so my story, it's a uh, you know, common accidental agency owner story, which you might have heard before. Uh, but basically, um, you know, it's fast or go back to 2016. Uh, my wife and I are both working for Corporate America. And, uh, you know, we, we decided, you know, we want to start a business. We want to do something different, um, you know, and so it was almost kind of like flip the coin. But uh, she was the one that decided to quit her job and uh, become a, an influencer. So at the time, I'm an electrical engineer. I continued down that path and kind of helped her start the journey of growing an audience on social media. Right. So I helped her along the way. She was in the healthy baking niche and she grew like 25K following on Instagram back in 2017, which was great. So she starts getting these brand deals from Panera and some other household names. And she realizes real quick that most brands don't know how to partner with an influencer effectively. You know, they had poor communication. Um, you know, they didn't follow up. They didn't pay on time. So there was the opportunity for Get Hyped, right? She basically started the agency as a, just a way to help brands partner with creators more effectively. So she landed her first client, uh, actually, got laid off at the time in 2018 and, you know, said, let's go all in on this. So I had been helping her part time on the side. I went all in on the agency on 2018. Uh, and, you know, now both as co-founders, we've driven it to dozen clients, 100 million <laughs> impressions, uh, 10 million engagements total. So, you know, it's really we're seeing success today in the consumer uh, lifestyle niche specifically. And that's where we're doubling down. There's so much I think it's important that you just said there. First of all, electrical engineer, I think we were talking about it before we started. I think this is an important thing. It's it 
I like marketers, digital marketers that are electrical engineers because, or engineers in general, because they think methodically. And I think that does that add a lot to what you do? Yeah, for sure. When I first started, you know, marketing was intimidating to me, honestly, as an engineer, you know, coming from an engineering background. But uh, as I dug in and as I learned more, um, and as we started to get more results for our clients, I realized it's just a playbook, right? It's just a process. Um, and that's where I think is a differentiator for us as an agency is that we've really nailed down the process of A to Z. You know, this is what works for every consumer lifestyle brand. Um, you know, obviously there's, you know, B2B and there's other things for influencer marketing. That's not where we focus. We know exactly the right platforms today to use the right approach for influencers to kind of get that ROI for the consumer, uh, lifestyle brands that we work with. So that engineering and process approach to it is, is huge. And we'll talk a little bit more about your process and in a second, but also is it, com I mean, your wife was basically an influencer and. Is that common for the influencers to start an influencer agency? I don't know. Not maybe not a full blown agency, but freelancer for sure. You know, there there's you know influencer marketing is still the wild west. You know, yeah. you got everybody under the sun out there. You have yeah. Actually, we started on Upwork, right? So we go on Upwork and we look for job postings and someone needing help with influencer marketing. And you can still go on Upwork and you'll know, get a freelance influencer that will help a brand with influencer marketing. You know, so there, there's all levels of service for any any kind of uh, brand out there of any size, right? You don't have to go to an agency, you know, like to, to give some advice for marketers that may be listening for brands that are startups. It's like you don't have to call up a big giant agency or, or a PR, PR agency that also does influencer marketing, you know, and pay like, you know, 10K a month or more for some elaborate campaign. You can just work with a freelancer, uh, you know, off of service like you know, Upwork and uh, start with like one influencer. That's what I recommend to most people that approach us actually, if they're unsure. That's great of you. Like, I, and I, I think that's, it's true. It's, it's go test stuff out. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna get the wrong person. And just because something, someone's a big agency, a huge agency doesn't mean they know what they're doing. And in fact, I feel right. the opposite is true. <laughs> a lot of these people add on services and just because they can charge a lot. Yeah, you're right. You hit on one of the differentiators that I talk about quite a bit about get hyped is like there's a lot of agencies out there that we, we call them also do influencer marketing. You know, they have to do it because their clients are asking for it among the other services that they provide. So they say, you know, we'll go out there, we'll work with a few influencers, we'll get them to post. But, you know, that's really not the bread and butter of influencer marketing. Like you want it to be that strategic puzzle piece in the picture that's amplifying all your other marketing tactics. And that's only going to happen when you, you know, pick influencers that are a really good brand fit. And then when you get that high, authentic, high converting social content from those influencers, you really got to put it to the right use or else you're just, you're, you're leaving ROI on the table, basically. You know, we do this a lot with case stories and I try to explain this to people. It's like knowing how you're going to use it influences how you're going to make it right. Doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, hundred percent for sure. You know, and that's why we, when we talk to a prospect and their, their you know, the question is always like, well, you know, how many sales am I going to get from this influencer? Right. And we kind of try to back them up and think about it as, you know, what do you really need influencer marketing for? 
Because like for sure, you get the right influencer and they will definitely drive, you know, your customers down the funnel and generate sales all day long. But that's only one piece of the benefit, right? It's like I'll look at things like, you know, their their branch social profiles and they're posting all product pictures. And I'm like, you can get some amazing lifestyle, emotional content from these influencers and then repurpose it, you know, use it as your YouTube pre-roll ads, you know, that you know, we're going to talk probably about some clients later, but uh, one of our clients, Platinum Audio, did exactly that, right? They took uh, one of their top performing influencers content that they had the licensing rights to use and repurposed it for YouTube pre-roll. And it's like, it's killing it. You know, they're, they're loving it. It's like, I don't know. I think the exact numbers I have to check with them, but it's at least five times better than what the content they were using before that they created in-house, you know, and we see that over and over again. When I think of influencers, yeah, you think of of just like, hey, they make a post and we then we pray. And so then people go, well, I want the biggest person and I want the, you know, I want the most visibility because that's what's going to work the best for me. But what's the right way to choose the right influencer? Yeah, I would say when you don't know the answer to that question, the right way is to work with as many influencers as you can afford in the beginning, because it's a it's a testing process. Right. Um, you know, we get approached from brands all the time. They're like. I think my right influencer niche is tech, for example, or I think it's beauty because I'm a skincare brand. But uh, I don't really know. I've worked with a couple and I'm like, hey, you have no data. You have nothing to compare to. So we'll recommend a strategy in the beginning of, you know, in the tech example, you know, let's work with, you know, some influencers that do unboxing and some influencers that do product reviews and some influencers that do best of lists and some influencers that are entertaining and funny because they don't exactly know uh, you know, their, their target audience and their customer on social media, how they're going to react to each form of content. They haven't done the testing to figure that out. So rather than put all your eggs in one basket and work with some mega, you know, celebrity influencer with 10 million subs and blow all your budget on a video that might not work, let's figure out your target niche first. Let's figure out the, the types of influencers that work for you. Right. And then when we have that, right, say it is the product review influencer. Great. Now we'll go find a, a mega influencer in that category and put more budget behind them because we know already it's going to work. I mean, that makes complete sense. But uh, yeah, I probably think people like, hey, and I, I think that, you know, what you mentioned there is like, should you be choosing an influencer that's just directly in your niche? Is that the best way to go? Is it? Do you find it is? Or should you be finding yeah. someone ancillary that's out there? Uh, you should do both. You know, it depends on the niche for sure. Uh, like I'll use the beauty example and, and skincare, right? Skincare products. We've done a, quite a few campaigns for a few different brands and they'll always say, okay, we want to do beauty influencers that do the skincare routines. This is what I do in the morning. This is what I do in the evening. And like, yes, that will get your products in front of people who may buy it. But what are the other differentiators about your brand that we can test? You know, for example, are you a natural skincare brand that maybe has like aloe as an ingredient that most other brands don't have? In this age where everyone's so concerned about chemicals and things like that, let's work with some natural influencers. And we've done that in the past. And even though that influencer might have been like a natural lifestyle influencer, they didn't even talk about beauty that much. They still killed it for that client because all their audience is people who care about natural products. And maybe they didn't even know that natural beauty products like that existed. 
So we always try those different categories because we're always surprised when the data comes back, right? You have your kind of your organic data and your paid data. So when the influencers post, you know, a sponsored post in the beginning, we call that the organic influencer post. And that gives us data about what performed best with the influencers audiences. And then we use that to put paid spend behind it and amplify the top performing content out. And it's, it's always interesting when you amplify the content, it's a targeted audience and you always get better targeting based on what you see from the organic posting. So it's just constantly data and, and, and changing your strategy and optimizing so you can really get that top content in front of exactly who needs to see it. A data-driven approach obviously is super smart and allows you to make better decisions. And I, I think you also made a big... Uh, an important thing that even the smartest people, even the best, well, especially the best marketers know that they're not going to know the answer. And I think that, that, cause you could get a thousand marketers into the, a room and then all think what's the best influencer and what's the best strategy. And still the data is going to surprise you, isn't it? Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then we get that all the time. It's like the prospect will come to us and they'll say, who are your best influencers? What skincare influencers do you have? or what tech influencers do you have in your network that will drive results for us? And I'm like, I don't know the answer to that because I don't understand your brand and your differentiators well enough yet. So we, we always back them up in the beginning and we, we kind of say, we sit down and we go through, okay, what are your goals for, for working with influencers in the first place? And who is your target customer? It, it's funny, like a lot of times, most brands can't even answer that question for me specifically they can't even tell me exactly who they're targeting so once we help them figure that out now all of a sudden the audience targeting starts to define who their target influencer is and who's going to be the best fit for them based on that influencer's audience so once i know for example like the target customer is millennial moms i can go find influencers who all have audiences full of millennial moms and that might be in niches that they didn't expect but it's but it still works right yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, it, it amazes me how many people don't know who their target audience is. Uh, <laughs> or they say it's everyone. Right. How often you it hear everyone? A, it happens a lot. <laughs> they have an idea in their head, but they've never articulated it, right? They've never broken it down into the, the little details. And they might understand who that person is, but they don't understand how they consume media online, specifically social media. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, that happens a lot. Right. Um, I just talking to a, a prospect today where they're like, you know, I don't think my target customer uses Facebook. Um, and I'm like, you know, 81% of people use Facebook that are out there, you know, in, under 60. So probably they're using it. You know, I'm pretty sure they are. But because they don't use it, for example, they think that their target customer is not. And that's just a you know, common thing that gets overlooked. Oh, it's, it's one of the most common things that I always have to tell people is you are not your customer. <laughs> uh, and we think that we know our customer and you don't. And you, and also like you could ask them a lot of times and, and they won't be able to tell you like where they saw something and where they paid attention to it. And a lot of people won't admit to how much time they spent on Facebook. I mean, right. I, 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 there's some people I'm related to. I won't, I won't call them out, but they're like, I'm never on Facebook. And every time I look over, I'm like, what are you doing there? Facebooking? <laughs> right, right. I'm you, it works. You know, Facebook works uh, for almost every age. You know, it's like even my, my in-laws are buying stuff for my, for my son off of ads that they get targeted on Facebook. And, you know, they're not even realizing it, you know? 
it's great yeah and it goes and the facebook ad network is so vast that's another thing i tell the people it's like everyone's like well i'm they're not spending that much time on facebook I'm like, but the ad network is everywhere yeah and, and their algorithm's so good they make people think that right they make people think that they're spying on them i'm like no the yeah. algorithm's just that good i know <laughs> i know yeah and that's the thing it's like we get as an influencer marketing agency people approach us and they say like you know let's create content on facebook and I always say, you know, let's create content on Instagram. That's the best content creation platform for, for Meta. And then we'll amplify that content, right, through some paid spend in Meta to Facebook, right? Because, like you said, the AI is the best at, you know, showing where that content is really resonating. And we're always surprised, especially the brands, when we get that data back about where in Meta the content actually hit and, and got results. Right. Sometimes we might think, oh, like, you know, this Instagram story is really going to kill it and it bombs. But that story, when it showed up on, you know, the explore page, absolutely got tons of impressions and, mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you know, engagements and link clicks. We, yeah. we, we, don't, know, we don't know that. Otherwise, you got to leave it up to Meta's algorithm and trust it. Right. Yeah. And trust it and, and keep creating better and better content. And so let's talk about Platin because you've had a lot of I want to talk about this because you've had a lot of success. And I want to start at the beginning, but let's, before we start at the beginning, let's start at the end. What kind of results did you get for them? Yeah. So uh, Platinum's one of our clients that uh, jumped on and kicked off a campaign this year. They started, I think it was July. So we were running a couple campaigns for them um, in the second half of this year. And the one we just wrapped up was like a football campaign. And uh, we only worked with like five creators. So that's a, another misconception that's pretty common. It's like, I need to work with tons of influencers in order to get tons of results. And with amplification of their content, you really don't, right? So what we did with Platinum is we targeted some creators we thought would be a really good fit for them. We tested a few in a couple different niches. Um, this was a campaign on YouTube and Instagram, right? So we always focus on video because video is king for sure. Uh, about you know capturing attention um, from your from your users on social media, so we did YouTube integrations, we did some YouTube dedicated videos, we did some Instagram Reels and Instagram Stories, and then we look at that organic performance of those creators, and then decide okay wh what are we going to amplify? Who did best? You know based on KPIs like you know impressions and cost per impression, um, you know CPM. Uh, we're going to look at engagements, saves, shares, uh, link clicks, and then judge each influencer based on those KPIs to say, okay, who's really knocking out of the park and like why? You know, it's it's going beyond the data as well. I don't want to say it's only about the data because sometimes the data can lie, right? You need mm -hmm. to be able to look at it holistically and say, okay, what happened here, right? Why did this person get the most views? but this person drove the most traffic to the Shopify store, right? And different creators can work at different parts of your funnel as well. So we're always trying to pull those detailed insights uh, from the creator data um, so that we can you know, make strategy pivots and really hit home on, on what our goals are for the campaign. All right, so let's walk me through just like getting started with them. When they came to you, what, you know, what, what are generally their, their goals? Yeah, that's a good question. So there's really like two scenarios when when brands approach us. It's either um, they know they should be working 
with influencers because they know it's effective and they're hearing a lot of buzz about it in the industry. They just never done it. And it's maybe because they don't have the time or they're not sure how. Platin is in the second category, which is very common as well, which was uh, they work with some influencers in the past and they didn't see any results. So they either think that influencer marketing doesn't work or you know they're, they're scratching their head about why didn't it work for me? And that was kind of Platin's scenario of they were just working with a few tech influencers before and it didn't generate any results and they were a little skeptical, but they still knew influencer marketing had a lot of potential. They just wanted to work with a partner that could explain to them why it didn't work. Gotcha. So they come to you. What's your, you know, tell me about that process when someone comes to you. How, how do you create a great plan for them? Yeah. Yeah. So this is super important. And I think it's something that we do differently than a lot of agencies because that's the feedback that I get. And actually that's what I got from Platin team as well and why they became one of our customers. Um, <clears throat> a lot of agencies will try to use like a cookie cutter approach to each brand's strategy when it comes to influencer marketing. And when they do that, it's like they are trying to either make the influencers in their network fit for that brand um, or they're doing things that, uh, you know, they're basically not diving in to what the customer wants and listening to their really their needs. So the approach that we take is, and this is in line with what I mentioned earlier, we first sit them down and I ask them, you know, what are your goals, right? Like why influencer marketing to begin with? Because even right there, you'd be surprised. A lot of them say things that um, there's misconceptions about influencer marketing, right? And wh what it can accomplish and why you should be doing it. So honestly, like, you know, eight out of 10 times, I'm probably like, influencer marketing isn't for you right now. You should be doing X, Y, and Z marketing instead. I actually <laughs> sent a lot of business away. But when it makes sense that they should be doing influencer marketing, um, it's sitting down with them and understanding who their target customer is, how we reach that person on social media, and then what influencers have their target customer in their audience. And once I understand those three answers and I sit with them to extract it out of them and help them get there, then I can pick influencers that are actually an amazing brand fit for them. And the result is when I propose uh, you know, a campaign with some influencer examples that my team has picked, equipped with that information from the brand, they're like blown away. They're like, oh my God, these influencer picks are perfect. You know, the other agency gave me, you know, this mini celebrity or this person that was, um, you know, kind of on Survivor or something like that, you know, some, some B or C level celebrity <clears throat> that maybe had a lot of reach, but, you know, our influencer in the, in the tech space, like, really jibes with the with the platinum brand with their personality right and they and they love that and so when you're looking when you were looking for influencers for platinum were you just looking in your current wheelhouse or you know how do you investigate these the, the influencers there's three ways that we do it right we obviously have a list of influencers that we've worked with in the past and we know they they perform so we tap that list first and we look and see, is anyone a good fit for this brand that we've worked with? Now, if that doesn't fill the list of who we need or they're not the best fit, then we go out to the marketplace, right? And when you go out to the marketplace, there's you know all these influencers out there that are actively looking for work. 
right? And there's tools in the industry where you can find these people and connect with them, right? And our agency has all those tools. So we reach out using our tools and see what influencers are basically interested in participating in this campaign. And then we go through them and vet them. And if that doesn't fill the hopper with all the influencers that we need for a specific campaign, our team will actually go out and manually reach out to influencers via DMs, via email, you know, just using our phones and the platforms and searching for them using hashtags and things like that. So, you know, there's like 200 million creators worldwide (laughs) through our, our agency. You can work with any of them. You know, some agencies in the space have like a limited roster and that's okay because they, you know, take a percentage of of that influencers partnerships. Um, But for us, we like to keep it unlimited. And uh, we'll, we'll, I want to get into the end, you know, we'll talk about how you reach out to the influencers that aren't on those platforms. Because I would, I would have to say that to me, that's the place I would want to go is like the the influencers that are almost like not influencers, right? (laughs) They're just pure content creators and not Mm -hmm. thinking about this, uh, just from an instinct standpoint. But so how far did you go down that with platinum? Did you have to go all the way down to looking at people that weren't on those tools? Yeah. Yeah. We do that almost every single time. So, you know, we will find people using each of those techniques. And then we'll, we'll go look at the responses that we get. We'll look at the excitement of the creators. Like, you know, it, it's not just it's too many people think about partnership with a, with an influencer as I'll give you X and I want Y in return. And that's just the wrong approach. You don't want to look at it as transactional. You want to look at it as, you know, you're looking for an ambassador for your brand long term. So if you approach the influencer partnership with that mindset, you're going to get like much better results. You're going to get better communication and responses from the influencers. You're going to get better content from them because like your intentions are, are better and more genuine. Right. It's a mistake that a lot of agencies and, and, and make as well on top of brands is that like, what can I get out of it? You know, it's a very like selfish approach and the influencers are smart, right? They're they're small businesses themselves and they're really good at spotting those people that are just trying to get them to you know enter into one off transaction. They don't want that. You know, they want a long term relationship too. influencers are just like us. They're just people, you know, like the brands and they want it to be quick, simple, effective, easy. You know, they want a long-term relationship. So if, when you're a brand, if you can take that mindset of, is this person going to be an ambassador for me? You know, that's going to get you the results you want. And when you looked at the influencers for Platin, was there one thing that like, or two or three things that really popped out for the ones you chose? You don't have to tell me which ones you chose, but the ones that you chose, what popped out about? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So platinum, we were trying a few different niches, right? We went for like a lifestyle niche. We went for a tech niche because platinum, uh, there it's a high tech product. It's wireless surround sound home theater system, right? So, uh, you know, way better sound quality than a sound bar. And, you know, because I have a double E degree and I geek out on audio tech, I, you know, I can talk down that route, but, what we're discovering with platinum is that you know that's not a selling point for every customer right every customer doesn't care about the vertical firing up drivers on the the speaker right it's millennial moms that want something that looks nice uh, in the living room Uh, that's the majority of the purchases so 
a lot of the previous content was around like, this is how the speakers sound. This is why our technology is better. But when we're working with influencers now, and we're talking about like emotion, Hey, I'm, I'm sitting with my family in the living room, enjoying this, uh, Top Gun movie, uh, or I'm enjoying watching the Santa Claus two, uh, for example, with my family around the Christmas season, that's going to really, uh, you know, appeal to a different kind of customer that they might've been leaving out before. I, you know, it's funny you say that because that immediately makes me think of Disney, right? Yeah. And it's like, Disney doesn't sell their rides. They're not like, well, we've got the fastest roller coaster or we spent $500 million on Guardians of the Galaxy. No, they just show, they sell that experience. They sell that story of being with your family. And when yeah. you get someone to do that, man, that, that hits emotion versus technical specs that no one remembers. That's exactly what influencers do best, right? Yeah. They are hitting the emotion. They're showing you how your life is going to change and feel after you get the product. They're not showing you the product features and the product details. Yeah, it's night and day difference. So you chose the influencers for them, right? And, and these guys, but we're just talking about the content. How do you make sure that the content is going to work and line up properly? And, yeah. and, and what are you, and obviously you're doing that part, but you're also planning to reuse it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So <clears throat> some people will email an influencer and say like, Hey, I want you to do a video. Um, and then there, there's another way to do it, which is provide an influencer, like a creative campaign brief. Um, what we do is we extract all those, uh, goals and the targeting and we come up with content concepts and we take all that and put it into uh, a creative brief with with pictures and instructions and things that get the influencer really excited about the partnership because think about it for a second from the influencer's perspective you have all these different brand deals you know and maybe you're a tech influencer and you talk about audio home audio equipment for example um and you've never heard of somebody like platinum audio before all of a sudden someone's reaching out to you saying, Hey, I'm going to pay you this much money. And I would like you to, you know, potentially see if you're interested in talking about my, my brand and try out my, my home theater system. Well, you want to be able to have that influencer come up to speed quickly on things like what are the brand differentiators? How do you pronounce the brand properly? <laughs> right. It's simple stuff that you wouldn't think of, but you know, and then to your question, you know, what does the brand actually want me to accomplish? So we include things like content concepts that are optional in, in our brief that we send to influencers. So the influencers, number one, can come up with their own content because that's what we prefer. But sometimes it helps them to say like, hey, for example, you could talk about sitting around uh, on the couch in your living room, enjoying your new platinum audio sound system with your family and watching a Christmas movie. We would love if you did that, but you, you don't have to. It's a suggested piece of content that you could do. So we'll usually throw like three scenarios like that into the brief. And that really helps the influencers if they're struggling to come up with something, get something that we know the brand already wants. But always, well, if the influencer has a suggestion, we want to go with their suggestion, even if it's outside those concepts, because the influencers know their audience best. And they're, you know, they're the best content creator. The last thing you want to do is be like, you must create this kind of concept and make it very rigid because it's just not going to come off as authentic. Exactly. Authenticity. I think we've gotten away from authenticity. 
as as you know when we when we started our agency authentic web 15 years ago authentic was the big buzzword and it's kind of gone away hasn't it yeah it's it's been overused quite a bit you know and especially in in my space in influencer marketing you know it's like every conference you go to people beat uh, authenticity to death um but you know it's it, it happens you can almost see the scale with a smaller brand to larger brands right like you know, the lawyers get in the way and when you're working with a larger brand there's certain things you can and can't say and when you put so many requirements into the influencers creative you end up getting what sounds very scripted you know and there's only so much you can do as a big giant brand but that's an advantage that smaller brands have that you know we tend to work with quite a bit if you're a small business it's like you know you can get away with a lot as far as what the influencers can say obviously you know we make sure everything you know um is in line with FTC guidelines, of course. So everything's legal. But uh, as far as you know, cre- what they, what they say and the creative concepts, it's amazing what they yes. can do as a small business. Yeah. Yeah. So you d- didn't say that the speakers will help you lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These speakers will help you lose weight and get rich tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We we don't work with any uh, you know slimming teas or anything like that. You know that's that's definitely not uh, who we work with. <laughs> Um, so, okay, we've got the content brief. You've chose your influencers. What's next steps? How did that work with Platinum? Yeah. So the influencers get the brief. Um, they get time to create their content, right? You don't want to rush them. I see a lot of brands make this mistake. They're like, give me content. I want it now, now, now. Well, the influencers have a schedule of, you know, other posts that they have in advance and they're creating content. They're coming up with all these ideas. So they got to fit that in. So again, the authentic word, it makes sense. And then their audience is just, you know, doesn't question why all of a sudden are they talking about this speaker system um, when they talked about, you know, speakers yesterday, for example, of a different brand, right? It has to make sense. So what we do is, you know, we give the, the influencers time to create and we send them the brief. And we also outline their agreement. We didn't really talk about that. And that's a, that's a really big one. Like as a brand, you should know what the influencer cares about from the legal agreement standpoint. You should, let me step back. You should get an agreement. A lot of brands just say, Hey, I'll, I'll pay you money and give you product. And can you post for me? And then they get ghosted by, unfortunately, some creators in the space, they, they never come through. So I, I recommend at least if you're going to do it yourself, get an agreement with the influencer and then some key things to include are like, what are you going to pay them? What kind of content do you want them to produce? Uh, as far as like, you know, is it an Instagram reel? Is it a TikTok video? You know, when do you want the post to go live? Um, and things like exclusivity, for example, are you saying that, you know, the influencer can't post for any other home theater equipment brands? And if you are for how long? Because the more exclusivity you ask for, the more the influencer's price is going to go up. And then the last big one is the rights to the content, right? How, where do you want to use their content for how long in what areas? And the longer you ask for usage rights, again, the prices that they ask for is going to continue to rise. Interesting. Interesting. And, uh, you know, it's, I've never would have thought of that, but it makes complete sense. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting content and probably most people think, well, if I paid you to make the content, it's my content, but it's not, nope. is it? No. Yeah. So that's funny. <laughs> it's like 
Yeah, there's a, the spectrum is, is quite big, right? So as the brand, the most expensive side of it is you're buying the content as the brand and it becomes ownership uh, of the brand. That's the most expensive forever. Um, and the other side of it is you can ask to socially repost, right? Actually, most brands don't know this. This is a huge one, to a huge pitfall to avoid is you're just because a social media user or influencer talks about your brand on social media by the FTC guidelines, you're not allowed to repost their without their permission. Actually, that might just be legal, not FTC. I have to think about that. But the anyway, you can get sued as a brand it, uh, by the influencer if you just reposted their content and you don't have the rights to do that. Most brands don't know that. They think if they just tag them in the caption that they're good, but that's not true. And a I want to say that Dan is an electrical electrical engineer and marketer, not an attorney. So you should always yes. consult your attorney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, we have a really awesome attorney in the space that that we use. So you know, uh, he's part of our you know our network, I and mean, he redoes all of our contracts and everything like that when we have red lines or anything. So if you come to me with a legal question, I'm going to refer you right to him. I'm not going to answer it. Don't worry. Well, and I think that's. That, that's an important part of this process because there's so much ambiguity in there and yeah. you get in a ton of trouble if you don't do that the right way. And I think it, it, it's, we're kind of seeing it happen a little bit more and more, but yeah. I mean, I mean, you could get a, you could get your website taken down if you don't do it right. So, Oh, oh I know. And you're seeing it a lot now. Like, the, the FTC is a little unpredictable. You would think that they'd only go after big giant brands. And of course they do um, when they have violations, but they'll also go after surprisingly some smaller businesses. You know, I've heard of, you know, businesses that are only doing five, $10 million in revenue, get fines for a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand $200,000 from the FTC because, you know, they were making basically marketing claims that weren't a hundred percent true. Wow. Yeah. And that that could go way, really off the rails for you, really really fast. And you know, I know people in this space that ended up going to jail. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's for that. And it, it's it's and that's great that you do that. So, okay, we've got we figured out the content brief. We figured out the influencers. We've handed it off. We've got great contracts. They make the content, and then what happens? What happened with Platinum? Yeah. So you want to review the content, right? Um, you want to ask the influencer for the opportunity to do it. So that was something I didn't mention in the agreement, but we have the right to draft review and reshoot if we want, because sometimes influencers don't follow instructions, right? Especially if your instructions aren't clear. Um, and even if they are, sometimes it still happens. They're humans. They make mistakes, right? So we'll review the content. The brand will get a chance to review the content as well before it's posted. And then we give the influencer a thumbs up if we like everything for them to go live. Or we say, hey, by the way, you, pronoun you pronounced platen wrong. Can you please uh, just you know, do, do this voiceover again? Or you know, there's an error in your caption or you know, et cetera. Usually minor things. Um, just make sure it's perfect before it goes live. Nice. And so you did that. Then you review it. It goes live. And, and what happened with, once again, what happened with Platin? <laughs> yeah, so Platin's really awesome at this and uh, a lot of brands aren't, but it's engaging with the content. 
you know, like Platinum was so cool because they got their entire organization involved. And I hardly ever see that. And it's exactly what you should do. And when I mean, when I say involved, what I mean is they got their whole company engaging with the content. So not just the, the brand's profile on Instagram going and, you know, liking the influencer's post and saying like, thank you, or, you know, love this or something like that. Like they're really going above and beyond and, you know, jumping in the comments, having conversations with the uh, influencer's audience when they ask questions or, you know, they say something about the content because, you know, think about it. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but I get excited when I'm like, you know, on a page on social media and I see like a big brand name that I know and they reply to my comment. You're like, oh, yeah. cool. You know, like 100%. the famous one is always like Slim Jim, you know, like the ones that have like a sense of humor, right? They'll, they'll jump in and say some witty comment on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And you're like, you're like, wow, my comment was that important that the brand responded to me, right? So yep. it's not just the big giant brands, it's every brand that should be doing that. And, and Platinum did an awesome job at that where they will take uh, we'll feed them the link, the live link to the influencers content, and then they distribute it, you know, through email through their whole company and say, you know, uh, you know, John just went live today with his YouTube dedicated video, um, you know, about our Milan, you know, 5.1.1 speaker system. Let's, you know, go and show, show John some love. Right. And it's just like, that's awesome. That the whole company engaging with their social community is just like it's huge it's a massive differentiator and were, were you coaching them on this oh yeah 100 percent. so you know like we're drafting the emails for them about um how, what they can send to their company internally how to do it you know we're providing all the information you know we're making sure that their team understands uh how to engage properly um, we'll do everything up to the point of actually doing the engagement for you. But even if you want that, we have some pretty amazing partners that do community engagement as well. So we can take whatever you want off your plate when it comes to kind of, you know, holistic social media management. Nice. And so you got this engagement, you've got it out there. Did they see results right away? How are they measuring those first results? Was it impressions, engagement? Were they looking at sales? Yeah, they're looking at every brand is looking at everything. Right. You, you talk to brands, uh, you know, they all want the same thing. Everybody wants sales. Everybody wants to grow the brand. But as you go through the individual key stakeholders at any brand, they're going to want different things. Right. You, you we always interact with the CEO, the CFO, uh, the marketing VP and marketing manager and then, you know, the social media team. Right. So we'll, everybody on that list wants something different. Right. I'll start from the bottom. Like, you know, the marketers understand, OK, we got to fill the top of the funnel, too. Right. We need brand awareness, brand consideration, you know, evaluation of the products. We need that uh, SEO friendly content on YouTube that's out there for for consideration all the time. Right. And then but you got the CEO, and the CFO at the top, like, tell me exactly how many sales I got in this quarter right so you kind of have to make everybody happy and we find like a lot of the times we'll get approached and initially they'll say okay our goal is brand awareness because we're talking to marketing but then the the cfo comes to the conversation later and he wants to know uh how much budget should i spend on this next year wait let me look at exactly how many sales i got so it's constantly like talking to the entire organization and realigning them on like what's important short term and long term to make sure that all the stakeholders are, are kind of bought into the overall strategy. And we help with that. For sure. Yeah. And, and you can't. Be, yeah, exactly. It has to be short term, long term. 
I think that's in marketing campaigns, not trying to do everything at once. What did you see as the first big wins? Yeah, so Platinum, we, yeah, we, we, we have, anytime we approach any campaign, we always have estimated KPIs in the beginning because we want to know what success looks like. So we define exactly like how many impressions we're going to get, how many engagements, how many link clicks, right? And then after that football campaign, we look at that. And you know, for Platinum, we did like 25% over target, which is awesome you know, for the campaign. So they were pumped about that, right? We drove like 5,500 link clicks to their Shopify site, um, you know, just running like 25% of their total budget for, for the second half of the year. So they were super pumped. So like now we're going into the holidays, um, you know, they have 75% of their budget left to spend, uh, you know, compared to those five creators they've worked with so far, we have like another 15 lined up. So we, we gather the data, we know what works from this little test campaign. Now we're going to go huge around the holidays and really push a lot of traffic to their, their Shopify store um, because we know people are in the buying season. So we, we pivoted a little bit like uh, in the football campaign. It was more about brand awareness, um, you know, seeing how people responded as far as the KPIs and the data to the content that we're making. Now that we've learned what works, we're really going hard on bottom of funnel. We're trying to get people to convert during the holiday season because we know that's what's going to work through the end of the year. All right. And tell me about, like we talked about repurposing it. I just want to go deeper into like a little more specifics on repurposing and how you all did that. Yeah. Yeah. So it starts with deciding in the beginning that you want to repurpose, right? So we help with that. I'll go back to the platinum example. Platinum, um, was like, okay, I want to use some of this content for sure. That that's that's a big desire for us. That's a goal for us is to get high converting social content. So we reserved a portion of their budget for the end of the campaign to go back and renegotiate with the top creators to get longer licensing terms for their content. And I'll explain why we did it at the end. Cause I do get a lot of questions from brands and they're like, well, you know, three months isn't long enough for the rights to the content. Like, like, let's ask for a year. Let's ask for longer. But the problem is at the beginning, before they post, you don't know which content you're going to like. And you're always going to have like, say you work with 10 influencers, you're going to have a number one performer as far as content and a number 10. So why would you buy the extended rights to that content? You're not going to use the crappy content, right? It's not that it's crappy, but it's just not as good as the, as the top one, two, and three. So in Platinum situation, we're going to go back to the couple creators from the football campaign, a few more creators from their holiday campaign. And we're going to say, hey, we would like to extend the three months to six months or a year. Or maybe we like to buy perpetual rights to the content. But it saves your budget when you just have to go back and talk to a few creators at the end that you know performed really well because, you know, you really want that that top performing content. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And. And when, and when you repurpose it, how, how are you using the repurposed content? Yeah. So the sky's the limit. I mean, it depends on how you word your rights to the content and the agreement, <clears throat> but the way we word it is we have the right, uh, as the brand and as the agency, um, to do any derivative work of the content that we wish. That means you can repost it, you can trim it, you can add stickers to it, um, you could you know, cut it in with another video. It's theirs, basically. They can make any derivatives of the content that they want for the period of time in which they, they purchase. 
Um, that's one option. Or, you know, some brands like, you know, we worked with, you know, household name brands, they, they just want to buy the content, you know, and that's the most expensive that influencers will charge a pretty high rate for, for losing their right to the content. But you can do it. You can buy the rights to it completely so that the influencer can't even use it anymore. So it's all about sitting down and thinking as the brand, you know, what do I actually want to use this content for? And then, you know, not overpaying for what you don't need. Right. If you're not going to use it on a billboard, if you're not going to put it in a magazine on um, why buy the rights to, to do that. Right. So we start with the default of digital licensing rights for three months. That fits 90 percent of uh, lifestyle brands that approach us. That's awesome. Awesome. So, um, well, I mean, that's really, really cool. And, you know, I, I love how you helped plan. So what do you feel is different about consumer electronic brands versus health and beauty brands since you've been in both doing influencer campaigns for them? I would say, you know, almost everything is different. Um, you know, it, it's a different target audience for sure. Um, you know, the niches of influencers are obviously way, you know, drastically different. Um, but, you know, the biggest one is probably something you wouldn't think of. It's it's male versus female, you know, and the, the number one, uh, person who's making buying decisions on most tech products tend to lean very heavily male, right? Mm -hmm. But the number one person that makes buying decisions in a household is very heavily skewed female, right? Mm -hmm. So that brings a challenge to, you know, uh, consumer tech brands like in consumer electronics like Platin, right? They know that in the household, you know, and I can relate to this because in my household, right, I'm their target customer. I'm a 38 year old male uh, married with two kids and I'm interested in a surround sound system. I want to buy one. Um, but maybe most of the time my wife is making the decision of, OK, does this look going to look good in the living room? You know, and not to sound sexist, that's not always the case. But the data tells us that it's. Uh, you know, in their target customer, it's usually both individuals um, having influence on the decision. So when it comes to your marketing, you have to target both of those people that are involved in the decision to purchase. And people don't realize that, especially in bigger marketing campaigns, but it happens in influencer marketing. It's more, even more important in B2B marketing. We always think of that one person that we're talking to. And you don't think of the, all the people around it and, and the best, I know the best marketers are because I will look at shoes and then my wife's like, did you look at these shoes? And I'm like, yeah, cause you know that they're lining that up and they're like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it shows up in her Facebook feed and then I get them for Christmas, yeah. um, which is better. Right. I, I guess that works. Uh, yeah. Like, like Platin was saying, uh, you know, most of their, their, um, buyers were, were male and then, you know, but then they also saw a massive spike around Father's Day, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't neglect targeting all the women, even though, you know, most of the buyers tend to be male because you want them to see the sound system. And, you know, maybe the guy had it on his list for a long time. I want a home theater system, right? So. Yep, no, for sure. No, it, I mean, you're doing everyone a favor by marketing to the, uh, to the women. And I don't have to remember and say, this is what I want, honey. Because and then she gets mad at me because I went out and bought it three days before Father's Day. Uh, <laughs> like, what are you doing? I bought that for you already. Awesome. So, I mean, I love this. This case story is fantastic. So, what's the best way to get in touch with you 
if I want to influence a marketing campaign? Yeah, I mean, I'm all over uh, social media. You know, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok. You can hit me up there. Send me an email, dan at gethypedmedia.com. Go to our website, fill out a contact us form, any of those ways, you know. Yeah. And those we'll are put great. a link and in the show notes. But before we get we finish, I want to talk about how to reach out, the proper way to reach out to the influencers. Okay, I've decided I want these 20 influencers. How are you? How am I, what's the best way to reach out? So number one, keep it simple. Okay. Influencers, uh, put yourself in their shoes and, and you'll get higher open rates on your, on your reach outs. You'll get better response rates. If you put yourself in their shoes, they are content creators that are doing this most of the time, part-time. They have another full-time job. They're probably getting pitched by brands all the time with a lot of noise. Hey, can you do this for me for free? How can you do this for me for a free t-shirt? I'll give you a phone case if you do this 10 minute dedicated YouTube video for me that takes you three hours to make and edit, right? A lot of ridiculous requests that they get. So <laughs> you wanna stand out, you know? And it's tough because as the brand, you're like thinking about it from your perspective of like, oh, I, I have an awesome product and I wanna give this person money. Why wouldn't they wanna work with me? And you're right. But you still got to cut through that noise and convince the influencer to grab their attention, right? They're all, the influencers are always grabbing everyone else's attention. But as the brand, as the marketer, think about it like, why would the influencer want to open your email? Just like you're doing a cold email outreach campaign. It's no different, right? So mm -hmm. first, have a really good subject line when you reach out to the influencer. Uh, I recommend putting in there paid sponsorship. Right, because they get so many people trying to get product for post, get things for free from them. So that's one, right? Say, y'all, you know, if I'm Platinum Audio reaching out to um, an influencer in the tech space on YouTube, I'm going to reach out and say his name's John. I'm going to say, you know, subject line, John, paid sponsorship with Platinum Audio, and I'm put the exact dollar value that I'm offering him in the subject line. So say it's a thousand dollars for a YouTube integration. I'm going to say, John. Paid sponsorship, $1,000 for an integration. He's going to look at that. He's going to open yeah. that, right? He's not going to browse over that one because he's going to say, okay, I want $1,000. Sure. As long as that offer is fair. So, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But if you put $1 in there and he's got 10 million subs, he's not going to open it. Okay. So fair offer. Now, when you get into the email, keep it simple. Don't write tons of paragraphs. Don't write a book. Right? He's just like everybody else. He's got a short attention span. He's got a lot on his plate. Just say, John, I would like to repeat the subject line. I would like a YouTube integration. I'm willing to provide you $1,000. This is the product. Here's what we're looking for in one or two sentences. Is this something you'd be interested in? Yes or no? Give them a yes or no and, uh, reply option, and then you will get so much higher. You're just trying to get them to respond, right? And that way he can provide, he can provide a response of, yes, sounds great. I'd like more info. Then you can you know, dive into all your, this is the product features and this is what I would like. And it starts the conversation, but you're really just looking for that first reply. Nice. Yeah. And it's simple. I mean, that's great email marketing tactics in general. And honestly, <laughs> if someone sent me, said, sent me a subject line and said, I want to send you a thousand dollars. I probably open it as long as it's for not sure. coming from some weird country. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no offense to weird countries out there. Your country, if you're listening to this, is not weird. It's other countries. <laughs> yeah. Here, here, here's what not to say. Don't say, uh, 
really great opportunity for you, right? Or, or that's what they get so much, right? And it's always not actually a good opportunity for them. <laughs> I can only imagine. I, yes, I have the best opportunity. We have the best product in the world. There's nothing like it in the world. And you should pay us to promote it. Um, 100%. <laughs> and so they say yes. And then you move on to all those other things we talked about at Platinum. If they say yes, that doesn't mean you're obligated at that point to, to give them $1,000, does it? No, no, absolutely not. You're you're investigating interest, right? And you're going to have to reach out to 10 Johns to get one that says, yeah, I'm interested, right? So there is a little bit of volume play there as a brand. Like, don't get disappointed. You know, same thing with cold email, right? You don't expect the ten, first 10 people you email to have them to reply back and say, yeah, they want to work with you, right? It's the same way with influencers. You may have to reach out to 10 or 20 influencers because a lot of different reasons they're busy they're not interested they don't think it's a good fit for their audience um maybe you didn't reach out with a high enough offer right so uh there's a lot of things that you learn um from that whole process you know just like cold email right you got better and better over time oh uh, well i love it well thank you so much for those tips once again we'll put the link down below if someone wants to contact you and hire you work with you and we'll put a link to your linkedin uh, Dan's putting out a ton of great content on LinkedIn. Make sure to uh, pay attention to that as well. And um, we'll put a link to some examples to the website. Dan, thanks so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Yeah, thanks, Ina. It's a pleasure. Great questions. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Thank you all for taking Dan and I on your journey. It's been Ina Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work. The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the garlic marketing show including special access to several of my courses including my case story course go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the garlic marketing show whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today that's it for the garlic marketing show if you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques make sure to follow i and garlic on facebook